Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 non-stop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And Mike Fires has thrown his second no-hitter. And 29 other MLB clubs. 2-2 pitch on Trout, and he blasts one. Way back! Go! It's one out. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From the opener to launch angles to clutch moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Um, what is Alex Jensen doing running this show? The guy that does A's all night is running the show? What possibly could go wrong today from here at the Coliseum as the great Alex Jensen is now running what we like to call our board here for A's Cast Live. This is going to be fun. We have a great show for you once again today. I don't know how we top what we did yesterday. Yesterday was pretty special as we've been talking about this as... You know, you you start thinking about the names that we had yesterday. I mean, when you start having Jim Palmer and Scott Boris and all the players that we had, very, very special. But this is what we have going here today. We got Trey Mancini, who is probably going to be the all-star for the Orioles, having a very good year. His last three years have been very good. He's going to join us coming up here at 415. Really excited about Sig Mydell the assistant general manager for the Orioles. He's a Bay Area guy, grew up in San Jose, went to UC Davis. He used to work for NASA. How about that? He worked for NASA. And then now he went to the Houston Astros, and now not only is he the assistant general manager, but he's also the VP of analytics. So this guy is one of those really, really smart guys in baseball, and I can't wait to talk to him about how the game is changing in front of our eyes. We're going to do that at 4.30. I have just recorded the Bob Melvin show, so you're going to hear Bob Melvin. We'll get into a lot of things with the skipper about this team, about where this team was last year and where they are now, what the expectations are going forward. You know he loves talking about Marcus Simeon, 
Marcus Simeon with a four-game, 14-game hitting streak where he's hitting 319 during that time. Uh, we'll get into Mike Fires as he pitched fabulous last night. So a lot to get into with the skipper. And then sometime in the 5 o'clock hour, Mark Canna is going to stop by, and we'll talk to Mark about this ball club, how he is feeling, how the club is feeling, because these games, you know, I have these game notes, and the athletics right now have a 6.3% probability of making the playoffs. That makes every single game you play against the bottom feeders, it makes it imperative that you win these games. Now, these guys get paid, too, and I understand that. But I can take you back to when we looked at 2013 and 2014. At that time, there was a team called the Astros, and we used to have a lot of fun with it, hashtag Lastros. And I remember when I made the prediction that you got to beat them almost every single time. And I remember that was, I think that was 13. And it was 2013, I made, because, yeah, because 2012, the A's came out of nowhere to take down the Rangers. And Bob will bring that. By the way, we'll bring that up with Bob Melvin as we'll reminisce 2012. There's two teams that played on this ground that are historic teams, but yet they didn't win the championship. And we view them as teams that we love. Like, we love these two teams. We cherish these teams like they won championships. I talked to Bob about this. One is the We Believe Warriors, because we act like the We Believe Warriors. All they did was win one round. It was historic, but they won one round. But we celebrate them like they won championships. And the 2012 A's, it felt like a championship year. And they didn't even win the first round as they lost to Justin Verlander and the Tigers in game five. But, boy, as A's fans, as Warrior fans, we look back at those teams as just two just teams we love. We will address that with Bob Melvin also, so that will be a lot of fun. But, yeah, I remember in 2013 doing the talk show, and I said, listen, this is a bona fide triple-A ball club. And that might even be being kind. They were terrible. They were the hashtag Lastros. You've got you've to kick the crap out of these guys. You know what? I could say even harsher words because we're not on regular radio, but I will not do that because this is a uh, family program. But you need to blank and blank these guys every blank and game. And I believe the A, check that, Cody, what the, what the record was for the athletics against the Astros in 2013. I want to say the A's won 14 games against them. And that's where we're looking right now with certain teams that are bad, and that's why I was so fried when the A's lost two out of three to, to Seattle. They're not even playing Encarnacion for, for games because they're trading them to the Yankees. And it's like, hey, this team's quit. They're in rebuild mode, and you lose two out of three? That is no bueno. They were 15-4 and four versus the Astros in 15, I was that was a game off. I, I it's a 111 loss Astro team th that year too. And they went 15 and 4. Yeah, so that's and, really good. And that's where I keep going back to in division where in division is big. Cuz right now the A's are under 500 in division. And if you look at all the teams that are in first place in Major League Baseball, they're all well over 500 in division. Now, you know, and, and Vince Catronio made a very good point where he said, "Well, hey, last year the A's were about 500 in division." But you know what? That was an anomaly. 
There's always anomalies. The teams you play the most are in division, so you got to beat the teams that are in your division. Or you have to have something just absolutely incredible in the other divisions where, you know what, I hate having to play Harry Houdini. I just want to have a normal year and do it the way you're supposed to. Win games early, win in division, play around 500 against the best teams, smoke the bad teams, and make the playoffs. That's what normal teams do. So the A's right now have taken four out of five games from the Orioles. By the way, also something that I wanted to start out with here on A's Cast Live is I know we are going to be talking a lot about the, the changes in baseball. We're going to be doing that because the game is evolving, and I know a lot of people like it. But you know what? Not everybody does. And I thought about this on the way up because, you know, we're going we're, we're gonna to be breaking down baseball. It's going to be hardcore, and it's going to be hardcore modern-day baseball. But one thing we cannot forget is why we do love this game in so many ways. And we love this game because how we grew up with it wasn't about analytics. We didn't know about weighted runs created plus. We didn't know about certain things like this, right? Oh, what's his XFIP? I don't know what the hell these guys X. When I was growing up with XFIP, we cannot forget and, Cody, you're going to have to remind me on this. We cannot forget. we got to remember what the joy of this game is. It's the green grass. It's the uniforms. It's the players. It's the crack of the bat. It's coming here with your parents and growing up and watching baseball and loving your team and loving the players and having a hot dog and dad's having a beer and a hot dog and, you know, wearing your A's cap and your A's jersey or what. We cannot forget about the love of the game. As much as we want to break down the way this game's going, oh, look at the opener. Look at the A's record. Look at the A's record with the opener. Well, it's not that great. Well, look at what Tampa's doing with the opener because obviously they know how to do it and they're excelling with it. We cannot forget in the end that we love this game and we got to satisfy all A's fans. It's just not A's fans who are into analytics and who are into the way the game is changing. As much as the game is changing, you still have to you still have to do the fundamental things. And those fundamental things are you still got to play defense, you still got to pitch, you still got to have timely hitting. I mean, it's just a reality as much as we'd like to think the game everything's changing. It is we're changing the way we evaluate. But you know the thing about analytics is great players always have good analytics. It doesn't matter what era if you would say, okay, if you go, if you went down, if you went back and broke down Willie Mays, I'm pretty sure his analytics are going to be pretty darn good. I'm sure if you put Willie Mays on StatCast, his jumps in center field were pretty amazing. He had a rocket arm. He was a five-tool player, one of the very few players to have ever been a five-tool player. I think if you took Hank Aaron, I think if you took Mickey Mantle, if you took Joe DiMaggio, if you took Babe Ruth, what do you think Babe Ruth's launch angle was? So that, I wanted to get into that a little bit to start the show before Trey Mancini shows up from the Baltimore Orioles, which that's one of the cool things, too, about this show is that teams are really going to cooperate with us about bringing over players because they all know what we're doing. We're starting here, and they're all interested in it. Like, you guys got a live streaming show. You've got a channel that's 24-7, just about A's. Because let me tell you something. Everybody in baseball is going to be doing this at some point. All 30 teams. 
And I can tell you other leagues are looking at this. Now, there's some teams in hockey that have something kind of similar, but they're not 24-7. They'll play the games. You know, hockey is the first sport that has basically said um, to hell with flagship terrestrial radio stations. There's like four teams that have basically said, see you on, on regular radio. Thank you, Joey. The great Joey. The great Alex, the great Commander Cody. We need a nickname for Joey. What should we do, Commander Cody? I believe he has a nickname, isn't it? Little Ragu. That's what I believe that's what he's called. Well, his family like owns Sicily, or they have their own town from Sicily. Put him on the headset. What 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 is the family history? What is the the family history for you, Joey, in, in Italy, which went from Chicago now to, of yeah. course, where every Italian family goes, Arizona. Yep. Yeah, my uh, a second generation American. So my family, my roots actually begin with Brutus, who killed King Caesar, and they uh, liberated. The Ides of March. I was born on March fifteenth. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, they fled to Abruzzi, Italy, Abruzzo, and they called the town that they fled to uh, Liberty or Liberate, and over time it turned into Liberatory. Which is your last. All right. Which is my last name. So there is a town in Italy that's named after your family. Yeah, named after a group of family members that fled to that area. And over time, it changed to Liberatory. And, of course, why wouldn't you end up in Scottsdale, Arizona? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> from Chicago, from Chicago to Arizona. Yeah. And tell everybody what you do. Yeah, so uh, I started in January. Uh, I came from the Arizona Diamondbacks, came here. Uh, so throughout AceCast, produce shows. Bob Melvin show, when it comes in, we produce that, throw it up online. Uh, and then the daily programming comes through me, produce it, and throw it up on the air. Um, and then, I mean, really the basis of my job is coming up with different ideas, different show ideas, and how I can better help you guys uh, implement, you know, Cody does your show, the Ace Cast Live, which is amazing, um, but getting those shows up and creating the storytelling aspect on Ace Cast that everyone deserves um, to be able to tune into A's Cast at any given point and be able to make memories with their family members or just be able to make memories with the A's, that's essentially what my job is, is to help create that storytelling narrative that makes A's Cast so special. And the thing is, whenever I do something like the Bob Melvin show or we're going to do the David Force show, by the way, got to figure out when we're going to do David this week, uh, any of the A's Unfiltered, all the different stuff, I send it to Joey, and Joey makes it happen for you on A's Cast powered by TuneIn. You're doing a wonderful job. Appreciate it. You're As doing are you a wonderful guys. job. You guys are the best. So, yeah, this is this is something that you're always going to have to kind of peel me back. Is is we're gonna we're gonna geek out on baseball. I can tell you this. Coming up very soon, we're doing a we're gonna do. I don't know how many parts it's gonna be, but it's the evolution of baseball, and we're doing it with Ray Fossey. We filmed part one today, and we basically went from the late '60s into the 70s and got into the first part of the 80s. We're skipping the way, 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 way back. And, you know, to go from when the A's were winning World Series to when Nolan Ryan was the first million-dollar player in the early 80s, we talk about all the labor strife, that's going to be coming up on A's cast pretty soon. And then part two is when we're going to get into the mid, really the mid when George Brett and Brett Saberhagen won the World Series against the St. Louis Cardinals. And then, boom, here come the A's in the late 80s. I want to save that because that's going to be a big late 80s, early 90s where the A's are the most dominant team in baseball. And that's now where, for me, because as I told Ray in this part one, it was really 79 for me. We just won't break. We'll just bring him on. 
Trey Mancini is on his way over right now. It's going to be great to have him on. As Trey Mancini has just been, you know, he he's going to be the all-star for the for for this Baltimore team, no doubt about it. And he is a terrific player. And he's had really a, a really good three-year run for the Baltimore Orioles. When it hasn't been, let's face it, it hasn't been that easy for the Baltimore Orioles as Ray Fossey's chatting him up right now. But, you know, that's the thing. I mean, it's it's not easy when you when you start to go into rebuild mode. As what did he do last night? A base hit in the first. He was one for four. And the right fielder stepping up. And we'll have him on here on A's Cast Live. How are you doing today? Not good. How are you guys? We are fabulous, and we want to thank you for taking the time to coming out. And we're not a bad little set we got going. Yeah, here no, yeah, baseball. this is yeah a lot more official than I thought. This is nice. Yeah, so what we're doing is it, it's a it's actually a streaming. We're live twenty four seven, and we're doing this show before we get to our pregame show. So this is kind of the model that is the future for Major League Baseball. So it's always cool when somebody like yourself comes out and helps us build this thing. As hell, yesterday we had Jim Palmer on, we had Scott oh, nice. Boris. It was it was a lot of fun. Things are going well for you. Yeah, I've been trying. Um, you know, just trying to stay pretty simple at the plate, and and um, you know hit on my terms and, and um, you know, try not to let the, the pitchers dictate too much of what I'm doing up there. And I think about when you're having that kind of success when obviously the Orioles are in a situation, it, it's one of those years where you know it's about to be rebuild mode. So what is it like for you to have that kind of success, but yet you're seeing struggles for other guys? Yeah, I mean, the team's, um, you know, success or, or um, you know, shortcomings are kind of my main focus. It's not really – um, I've never been too much of like a, a me guy or, or personal player. I always, you know, I'd rather win and, and go for four than go three for four and, and lose. So that's that's always kind of how I am, and, and that's, how it's, that's how I'm always going to be. So, um, yeah, it's been kind of a tough year for us, and hopefully we can start stringing some wins together. But the thing for you that I think about is, I mean, you're right in your prime. I mean, these, these are the golden years for a ball player, and this just has to feel good, the start that you've gotten out to this season. Yeah, it definitely does, especially last year in the first half. I, I struggled a lot, and, and I learned a lot last year, and um, the All-Star break last year was huge for me uh, personally, just kind of getting away for a little bit and reevaluating some things and, and um, you know, knowing what I needed to do to, to make myself better as a player. And, and um, I can look back and say that I've done a pretty good job overall of, of controlling what I can control, and, and it's shown on the field. Let's knock on wood because this all-star break could be very good. For oh, you. yeah, I hope so. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> try not to put the cart before the horse there. But, but yeah, definitely hoping for that. Yeah, I, what would it mean to you? It would mean the world. It would be a dream come true. I mean, I grew up watching baseball every day, what I always wanted to do. I remember watching every all-star game with my dad. We were at the beach every year. Um, so to play in the game would – would be incredible, dream come true, and, and um, especially kind of where I was last year during the All-Star break, I think that would make it even more special. When you talk about battling through adversity, talk about those struggles, but then you battle through it, you become stronger as a person, and then the light goes on. What was that process like for you? Yeah, it's really, I mean, it's so tough at the time, and it's it's hard to, um, yeah, it's hard to go through, and it's, it's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel for sure. But once you go through it, you're kind of appreciated for going through those tough times, especially this year. Um, you know, we've got a pretty new team, um, you know, people that have been following the Orioles for a while. A lot of the familiar names aren't here anymore. So I knew I had to step up and, and kind of be one of the guys, even though I'm only in my thir third full season. So I think going through a lot of those struggles last year kind of helped me um, be better equipped to – 
help guys that are going through tough times this year. And, and we've got a lot of young guys who are, um, you know, going to have their share of good times and bad times. So um, I want to be somebody that they can go to. I think about we all go through this, right? I mean, there's times where you have the success and then you have the runs of three, four years where you have the struggles. Now that you're one of those guys, tell us how you go about trying to teach. And I know there's always been that Oriole way. Yeah, definitely. I mean, just kind of little things throughout the game. If I see something, um, you know, kind of go up to a guy and, and say, you know, like yesterday, um, I, I kind of made a questionable decision by stealing third in the first inning there with two outs. But I knew I knew I had the bag, but Chance ran behind me. I mean, he's a young guy, great player, but I kind of went up to him and said, unless you know for sure that you have second base, um, you know, don't go there. And, and just kind of little things like that that I notice uh, throughout games. I try to help guys and point it out to them so, so we don't make the same mistakes again what I think is really fascinating about your club going forward is you've brought over a lot of Houston Astros people and we know how good the Houston Astros have been and we know how the Astros with technology are changing the way their players play what has it been like you this new regime coming in and, and doing things more like how the Houston Astros are doing it yeah I mean these guys obviously know what they're doing look what they did in Houston it's extremely impressive and I have no doubt that they'll do the same in Baltimore, and I really hope I'm around whenever things do turn around in Baltimore. Um, but, yeah, they, they know what they're doing. They I, they had a great draft, it looked like, I, even though you can't really tell um, for a few more years really how the draft looks. It um, you know looks like they draft a lot of athletic kids, they, and they have a really good track record of drafting. And, um, yeah, they, they develop guys, and, and they're all about the analytics. And, and these days you're kind of behind if you, if you don't really believe in that stuff. So um, it's, it's really cool to be a part of. Was it an easy buy-in for you? Oh, very much so, yeah. And there are some things I think that helped me offensively. Nothing too groundbreaking, but just more, um, you know, last year I would swing at a lot of breaking balls early in the count because I didn't want to get to two strikes. And this year I'm kind of um, trying to dictate the at-bats a lot better. And, and I'm not afraid to get to two strikes this year as opposed to last year. And I think that's really helped me out a lot. Yeah, it's not a surprise that uh, this is an analytic ball club. I mean, oh, yeah. with the start of Moneyball. But things have so changed because now it's so much about science and TrackMan and it's cameras and everything that you can learn. So when, when that comes, and I, I know the Orioles have been doing it, but when these guys come over from the Astros, really what did you learn about yourself that you say, okay, I can change this because of what they're giving me? Um, I mean, it wasn't too much. It was kind of more just what I said earlier about what the pitches I was swinging at, what, I'm, what I hit well, what I don't hit well, and trying to avoid what I don't hit well. But at the end of the day, when you're up there against a major league pitcher, you can't have you know, a ton of equations going through your head. You can't be thinking too much. You just got to go up there and compete. But, um, you know, getting into the field early and, and studying some of those things and kind of putting in your subconscious can help. But, but you know, when it's 7 o'clock and the lights come on, you just got to go out there and compete, bottom line. Have you seen them working a lot? I know your pitchers have given a lot of home runs. I mean, everybody knows it. But have you seen them really kind of tweak and change the way your pitchers go about business? Yeah, I think the pitchers have more probably from an analytical standpoint as of right now than the hitters do. Um, but, yeah, I think they're trying to tweak some guys. And, and, you know, this year can kind of be a test in some ways um, for some guys knowing what they do well and don't, and hopefully that can help them in the future. Um, and I know a lot in the lower levels of the minors, too, they're doing a lot of a lot of things with them. Let's end on this. What do you think about this Oakland ball club? They've got a great team. I've always thought that. Even uh, So my first full season was in 2017, and, and um, I know they – came out really strong at the end of the year that year they didn't get off to a great start but I knew they had a really young core and and some guys that could play and and 
um, that definitely showed last year for sure. And, and um, yeah, they've got a really good team. I think Ch uh, Matt Chapman's one of the most underrated players in baseball. Um, you know, Montas has come on to be a fantastic pitcher this year. I mean, they got some dudes that can play. Um, and, and yeah, I've, I've always had a great respect for how they've done things here, and these guys play really hard. So, so I've always thought that about them. I really appreciate you coming out. Pretty awesome. And continued success, and hopefully, uh, not it. trying to jinx it, knock on wood, <laughs> hopefully we'll see you in that All-Star game. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great next two games. All right, thank you. Appreciate it. Now, great stuff from a guy that uh, really is coming into his own, into his prime, and is a very good player. And Trey Mancini, very special. Coming up next, I can't wait for this guest as we're going to talk to someone who actually worked at NASA, and he's one of the brains that's changing Major League Baseball. We'll have it next right here on A's Cast Live. Want to add to your collection of A's memorabilia but can't make it to the Coliseum? During every weekend home series, the Oakland A's Community Fund will hold a digital silent auction through the MLB Ballpark app. You can bid on rare memorabilia items, including baseballs, jerseys, bats, game-used equipment, and autographed items. Proceeds from the silent auction benefit the Oakland A's Community Fund and its initiatives in the community. Download the app at athletics.com slash ballpark app. Playing in Hero Town? It's only fitting to get your group together to reserve the Budweiser Hero Deck. Located next to the right field foul pole, this awesome new space can hold around 100 people and a bunch of home run balls. With an all-inclusive buffet, now is the time to be the hero of your friends and colleagues by grabbing tickets and a cold one for a great day at the ballpark. For more information about the Budweiser Hero Deck, visit athletics.com premium today. Looking for the latest on the A's minor leagues? One of the latest additions to A's cast is The Farm. A look around the minor leagues with interviews, updates, and profiles on the future A's tearing up the minors. Now is the time to secure your own terrace table with seating for two or four people to eat, drink, and cheer the A's right from these amazing new half-moon tables. With awesome in-seat ordering and exclusive discounts, this might be the best seat in the house. So grab your friends, family, or coworkers and come out early for a great day at the ballpark. To learn more about the terrace and some of the other exciting new ballpark locations, visit athletics.com slash premium today. The future is bright in Oakland and the East Bay. 15,000 local youth baseball and softball players are participating in the Future A's program, presented by Kaiser Permanente. The club's new initiative provides complimentary jerseys and hats to local youth baseball and softball leagues. Teams also receive additional benefits and support, including development clinics, tickets to A's games, and more. Visit athletics.com future for more information. Looking to understand what makes the A's tick? With weekly shows with manager Bob Melvin and general manager David Forst, now you get the inside scoop into the green and gold. Download A's Cast today or head to athletics.com slash podcast to get started. It's time to grab your reserved space in the popular Connie Mack Club. The club space gives your group a private area located in Scheib Park Tavern for the entire ball game. The Connie Mack Club features access to outdoor seating and includes a pre-game buffet filled with our highest-end food package. This area of the ballpark is perfect for 30 to 50 guests to kick back, relax, and enjoy the game. For more information about the Connie Mack Club and other group offers, visit athletics.com groups. Now back to A's Cast Live. 
Broadcasting from the town, here's Chris Townsend. Well, it is always great to bring back a Bay Area kid, and I've been looking for ever since. Sig, I, I found you were going to come on today. I, I, I've been like fascinated to talk to you about how baseball and everything's changing. You grew up in the Bay Area. You went to UC Davis. You grew up an A's fan. That's right. A, a lot of experience here. Headed to Billy Ball and. And the Bash Brothers games, for sure. And got to see your mom in Las Gatas today. Yeah, just came up there now. So good to have you here. And and I think about your background. You were a former engineer at NASA. How do you go from NASA to getting into Major League Baseball? It was uh, quite a few unsolicited proposals, showing up uninvited in meetings. And then even with that behavior, it was uh, alignment of the planets. It was good luck. And you've gone from... The Cardinals to the Astros, now to the Orioles, correct? Yes, sir. So what, when you first got in, why did you think this would be for you and you'd be successful doing this? I was always fascinated with the research and the numbers since I was a kid, but never had the imagination that I would be anything but an outsider until, surprise, surprise, the book Moneyball came out. And then when that came out, I thought all the teams were going to be climbing over each other for their own quant, and I just needed to let them know I'm here and willing to relocate, and I'd have a job. But So I was definitely wrong on on uh, how easy it would be to get in, but um, I was right in that it that book um, sort of was the starting point of a, a change in, in the industry. Isn't it amazing how one book not only changed one sport, but started changing the NBA, the NFL, the NHL, then people took it to corporate America, said, read this book. That one book changed so much here that Billy Bean's become this huge public speaker. It's crazy the book was that powerful, and the movie. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Thank goodness. Yeah, it really changed. So now tell me in in the past few years how much – because Moneyball, we talked to David Force about this, and you know David, long time with the A's. That was about math equations. We've so moved on from just math equations to where we have all this technology, whether it's TrackMan, Rapsado, we got the, the, we got yeah. the cameras. Where are we now versus where we were with Moneyball? Yeah, I think in uh, the bigger picture, Moneyball was sort of about finding inefficiencies that you could take advantage of to make better decisions. And a front office is, is really a series of decisions, one after another. And... Um, yeah, math is often a tool to, to check your hypotheses. But as time goes on, more and more technologies come, more and more data come, um, more and more things to analyze and hopefully find uh, an insight, you know, something similar to what was described in the book and then take advantage of it. It's no different than I think what goes on in, in any industry. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, living here in the Bay Area with buddies that work for Amazon or Google or Apple, it's all about data and analytics, Mm -hmm. what they're using and why they've become so successful. I guess for me, the thing that is really the next wave is how do we make our own players better through this technology, like skill development? Do you see this as the next wave? Yeah, it's a wave that's already started. Um, it's it's well documented. Um, some of the things the Astros started doing five, six years ago with uh, some of the data that was available. And instead of just bringing in and evaluating a player differently, you were actually bringing them into a system. And that system 
was now different based on how it was using data to develop the players. So back in the day, under Earl Weaver, they had the Oriole way. Now it's like you're developing your own Oriole way, but you're doing this, I guess, through technology. Yeah, I think in the 15 years that I've been in baseball, like I've seen it change so much, and I've been fortunate enough to be in the middle of a lot of it with Jeff Luno in St. Louis, and then again with the changes going that went on in Houston. And so a lot of it is bringing in the lessons we've learned, the technologies that we've put to use and bringing them to an organization that historically hasn't really prioritized that stuff. And, you know, with Houston, they have gone away from, they still have scouts, but, but they're not as much scouts driven. Are you going to do the same thing in Baltimore? Are you going to really follow the model of Houston? Or do you guys have a way you think that you, you learn from Houston, but now you're going to do it in your the way you guys want to do it? Yeah, I, I disagree a little bit. Like, um, they're still scouts driven. Just as the data, as video, as technology has become available for the players that you're scouting, scouting has to change to some degree. And I think that's what Houston did quite quickly under, under the leadership of Jeff Luno. So there still are scouts, just their roles are quite a bit different um, because simply there's a whole lot different um, amounts of information coming in. And so some of those lessons, yeah, we're going to take and, and apply with the Orioles, but that's not unique. Like, the rest of baseball is doing the same. And in your time dealing with these amateur players, there's now more information on these amateur players than ever before. Colleges are using a lot of the technology, showcases, right. and there's a lot of video out there. How much has that changed since you've been in the game? Yeah, quite a bit. Um, I think we were happy to just get counting statistics on college players for the draft. And, um, and that's what our raw materials we had to, to better our decisions. But now they've all been throwing um, with TrackMan devices. Um, you have batted ball information. You've got um, the pitch locations. You could get a sense of their plate discipline. And this is college guys I'm speaking of, but it's the same with high school and, and, and now international too. I always thought the TrackMan thing was really interesting. As, as my brother, who was a teaching professional in golf down in San Diego, he used to test for Titleists in the early 90s with TrackMan. Right. TrackMan back then was about selling golf clubs and golf balls and proving to you through technology why you need to buy this golf ball and this club. And the fact that we're now using this later on, we didn't use this back then, and right. now it's about making humans better, not trying to sell equipment. Yeah, and... And the technology was used to actually make the human beings better, too. And in my opinion, a lot of the things golf is, has done in the past is a preview of what baseball is going to do. So much of our technologies, whether it's TrackMan or the blast motion devices, um, is standard in, in golf already. And it's, it's just new to baseball. And the whole thing about Moneyball was, hey, we're, we're, we're trying to find the diamonds in the rough. You know, we're finding guys that, that you don't think are that good, but we're finding... Everybody caught up, and Billy talked about that. Billy yeah. Bean talked about, you know, everybody was now doing the same thing. Yeah. And now everybody's using the same technology. What do you think will be the next wave? Um, that's hard to say, and if I had a good idea, I'd probably keep it to myself right now. <laughs> you would tell us on AceCast yeah, Live? <laughs> no. Um, so you can imagine. I mean, if you just Google, like, uh, next-gen technology in baseball, you'll see all sorts of mad scientists creating um, – all sorts of uh, equipment, testing, 
visualization training, uh, virtual reality. Um, I bet the majority aren't ever going to be ready for prime time, but what we look back on as, wow, this was a game changer, is probably going to come from that family of things right now. Yeah, I've heard about stuff about now let's start dealing with the human brain and neuroscience. Have, have you heard about that and how we could be looking into that with our ball players? Yeah, no, I've seen I've seen a lot of that too. <laughs> so it's it's interesting where, where we are truly going in the game of baseball and I think about the you know what you guys are taking on you've done it before with the Houston Astros when, when, when you start to project okay when we're going to rebuild an organization do you guys have like a time frame in your mind of when you expect that that you'll start to winning ball games once again no we don't and I don't think any Anybody who has experience in baseball can. There's still so much variability. There's so much uncertainty. There's so much that you can't predict that all you could really control is, is we're going to start right now and we're going to um, do our best to make the best decisions, to have the best processes, to take advantage of all the information available. And that's going to start bleeding into our decisions, which will bleed into better evaluated players, better developed players, hopefully better decisions at the major league level. Um, which in the long run will lead to more success than in the past. But how it compares to the Yankees and Red Sox and Rays and Blue Jays, um, none of us know. Yeah, you're in a division that you think about. Uh, there was a great article earlier this year. It was actually uh, during football season, The Athletic, about how Brian Cashman in 98, as he had built one of the best teams in the history of the game, actually called Billy Bean about analytics and they really weren't doing analytics then and George Steinbrenner was not about it and now they're 20 or so strong yeah. with their own analytic department we've heard about the Rays they've brought it all in-house you're in a division where there, there's a lot of smart people and there's a lot of money to be thrown around yeah and there's some very good player development systems right now you, you speak the truth do you marvel at what the Rays do with the lowest payroll? Yeah, you have to admire what the Rays do and, and even what the Yankees do with uh, a large payroll. Many people would think it, there's nothing broke to fix, but but uh, Brian Cashman had the vision to realize that uh, this might not be enough in the future and, and despite the large payroll, um, was able to make these changes. So I, I admire that too. Let's end on this, and, and I'm sure right now where we are, everybody's in the buy-in mode. But how important is it from top to bottom in your entire organization to say this is how we're going to develop players, this is how we're going to win, and everybody who's employed by the Orioles has to be pulling on the same rope? It's mandatory. I think a lot of the success when we look back on it was because of Jeff Luno and how he got the entire organization on the same page. And he was very specific and very strict with what was expected of you if you are to remain in this organization. And my opinion, so much of the success was not because we were doing better math or because we had better technologies, but we had the leadership, as you speak, to get everybody on the same page. That's very interesting because that was the thing about Moneyball is we're smarter than everybody else. This is about leadership. This is about it starts at the top, and as we know with all great businesses, leadership directs everything down and when you have great leadership you have success right um you could study the data and find your insights and and have it sitting right here in your hand but if the decision maker isn't going to use it you you may as well have done none of it we really appreciate you coming down i you know 
everybody we talked to, they go, what is this? What are you guys doing? You're on the field. You're coming down. We really appreciate you no, stopping my pleasure, by. Chris. And this was, this was awesome. Good to have you back home. And pleasure. Another South Bay guy. And uh, good luck to your Orioles. It's going to be fun to watch you guys and hopefully see one of the great baseball cities that we have in this game and one of the best ballparks of all time, Cabinet Yards, rise up again to be battling the Yankees, the Red Sox, and the Rays. I love that thought. I love it, too. Hey, thank right. you. It was nice meeting you. You, too. We thank got you, more coming up right here on A's Cast Live. Want to give back to the community along with some of your favorite A's players and front office staff? Through the A's volunteer team, fans can join us in giving back to Oakland and the East Bay. Through your time and energy, fans can earn rewards based on the number of hours spent volunteering. To get started, visit athletics.com community. That's athletics.com slash community. Now is the time to secure your own terrace table with seating for two or four people to eat, drink, and cheer the A's right from these amazing new half-moon tables. With awesome in-seat ordering and exclusive discounts, this might be the best seat in the house. So grab your friends, family, or coworkers and come out early for a great day at the ballpark. To learn more about the Terrace and some of the other exciting new ballpark locations, visit athletics.com slash premium today. Want to take home half of the 50-50 pot? This season, you'll have even more opportunities to test out your luck. The Oakland A's Community Fund will host a 50-50 raffle at every home game in 2019. Tickets are sold from gates opening through the last out of the sixth inning, from raffle sellers, or at the kiosk at Section 217. The winner will be announced in-game and will receive 50% of the jackpot, with the remainder benefiting the Oakland A's Community Fund. Learn more at athletics.com raffle. From sweet plans to single game suites, there's nothing like premium hospitality and athletics baseball. New for the 2019 season, food and beverages are now included in all suites plus options to create a three game suite plan. Plus select plans also include an A's access membership, allowing you to attend every regular season home game. To learn more about A's suites, visit athletics.com suites. That's athletics.com suites. If you're a baseball fan and a parent, you've probably had to explain to your kid that a 2-2 count isn't something a ballerina wears. As a parent or even a sibling, you may have also had to explain that a makeup game doesn't involve lipstick or mascara. But as a parent and an A's fan, we do hope you know about our new A's stomping ground. This awesome space is open and waiting for you. From awesome new games for kids to interactive activities, the A-Stomping Ground is right for you and your family. So the next time the kids want to know what a sandwich pick is or who got that 2-2 pitch, you will know it's time to go to a ball game and visit the A-Stomping Ground, a free area in right field for kids and families. Visit athletics.com slash stomping ground to learn today. That's athletics.com slash stomping ground. Now back to A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. I got to tell you, to me, it is absolutely fascinating. That guy is a really, really, really smart guy. 
And it's cool having a guy on, Bay Area guy. And uh, the fact that they're changing the game. And he was with St. Louis and Jeffrey Luno. And St. Louis, Luno goes and changed the Houston Astros. And then now they are going to the Baltimore Orioles to change the Orioles. And right there during with Sig Dell, and he's the vice president, assistant general manager, analytics of the Baltimore Orioles. And I said after to him as we were sitting here, and I said, you know, God, is, to see you guys turn it around and to battle the Yankees and to battle the Red Sox again. I mean, the Orioles are one of the great organizations in this game. Think about the battles the Orioles and the A's had in the 70s. And you go back to Cal Ripken Jr. and Eddie Murray and the great teams they had. And then later on, you know, Jeffrey Mayer and that whole deal if that didn't go down. I mean, the, the, the Orioles were always a team that was, for the most part, a terrific franchise. It was the Oriole way, as they used to call it. And to think now that they're so in the dumps the way they are and Camden Yard's such a beautiful ballpark that's just absolutely empty, just doesn't seem right. And can these guys replicate what the Houston Astros did? Can they change the culture of the organization and start winning again and really the toughest division to do it year in and year out? Because you're going against franchises other than the Rays that have very, very deep pockets. And we are never going to be in a situation where you're going to see Boston or New York struggling for cash. They are always going to make money. No matter where this thing goes from a standpoint of TV deals, as we know, the business of cable is changing dramatically. But they're always going to make big dollars. And can they turn around the Oriole way, but now using science to do it? Some people are still stuck with Moneyball. Moneyball, that whole thing's dead. Okay? Saying that, oh, hey, listen, Billy, we can find Chad Bradford, and he's a, that whole thing is done. Okay? That was the start. Like everything, evolution. It was the evolution. It was the start. Some people can say analytics started with Branch Rookie and the Brooklyn Dodgers. But the whole Moneyball thing, that was great, but it's it's all changed. Now, and what the Houston Astros do better than anybody else is they can take great players and make them even better. It's unbelievable. And I want to play this for you because this was yesterday on the MLB Network on a show for the thinking fan, as they like to say, Brian Kenny, on MLB Now. And they have on Trevor Bauer, who Trevor Bauer is a huge analytical player. Some guys love it. Some guys will use some of it. Some guys will say, let's wait till the offseason for me to incorporate it. Everybody takes analytics differently. But here was Trevor Bauer talking about the future of baseball and how to make players better. 
You were a big interview subject, Trevor, for the MVP machine, new book that's out, and it chronicles you building your talent, which is kind of another way of looking at it. What was your biggest takeaway from that book that you were very much a part of? I think mostly just the new age of baseball that we're in. Uh, tech is ushering in a new age of information. Uh, we're able to quantify a lot of things. We're able to measure a lot of things. And when you're able to measure something, then you can start trying to find ways to improve it or you know, utilize it, uh, I guess, when it comes to a skill set. So like, if I didn't know how much a slider was moving, then I can't really build a new slider. But if I can measure how much it's moving and then see why it's doing it, um, then I can and then compare that to the rest of the league and what sliders are effective and aren't, uh, I can start building new skill sets. And that's something that's going to become more common over the next five to 10 years. It's already super common in, uh, you know, like driveline and in certain sectors, the Astros are really good at it. The Dodgers are really good at it. There's, you know, a couple different teams. The Indians are really good at it. Um, but that's going to be something that's just commonplace in the next five to 10 years. Uh, and then it'll be interesting to see what the next revolution is after that, because, uh, you know, originally it was Moneyball, and that really ushered in the age of analytics. And um, now you have a, a talent, a skill development wave that's coming, uh, both on the hitting and the pitching side. Uh, I think you're starting to see some of it this year, too, on the hitting side. Like, hitting balls in the air at high exit velocities is... We, we can measure that now, and we can value that. And so that's what people are optimizing for. And uh, pitchers are optimizing for strikeouts, not letting hitters put the ball in play. And it's really interesting, but all this stuff is made possible by tech. And I think that's really one of the things that uh, the book details is like, here's the technology that we now have, here's how you can apply it, and here's the direction that baseball is going. And it's extremely exciting for me, given I'm such a big tech nerd. So they mentioned the book MVP Machine. We, we recently had the co-author on, Travis Shawchick, ab about the book. We will get to that next. And also, he said something that was very interesting that we need to address right here on A's Cast Live. Looking to understand what makes the A's tick? With weekly shows with manager Bob Melvin and general manager David Forst, now you get the inside scoop into the green and gold. Download A's Cast today or head to athletics.com slash podcast to get started. Looking to take A's Cast on the road with you on your next jog or road trip? Head over to athletics.com slash podcasts and you can download episodes of Taking Effect, Green and Gold History, A Season on the Road, and more. Visit athletics.com slash podcasts today. The future is bright in Oakland and the East Bay. 15,000 local youth baseball and softball players are participating in the Future A's program, presented by Kaiser Permanente. The club's new initiative provides complimentary jerseys and hats to local youth baseball and softball leagues. Teams also receive additional benefits and support, including development clinics, tickets to A's games, and more. Visit athletics.com future for more information. Who doesn't love a good happy hour? The Cornerstone gives your group a unique happy hour experience. The area treats up to 40 to 50 guests with a package that includes food and beverage along with an intimate pregame experience. Plus, the experience comes with an awesome seating option that we can build to fit your needs. To learn more about the Cornerstone and other unique group experiences, visit athletics.com slash groups. Athletics.com slash groups. 
Playing in Hero Town? It's only fitting to get your group together to reserve the Budweiser Hero Deck. Located next to the right field foul pole, this awesome new space can hold around 100 people and a bunch of home run balls. With an all-inclusive buffet, now is the time to be the hero of your friends and colleagues by grabbing tickets and a cold one for a great day at the ballpark. For more information about the Budweiser Hero Deck, visit athletics.com slash premium today. It's time to grab your reserved space in the popular Connie Mack Club. The club space gives your group a private area located in Shy Park Tavern for the entire ball game. The Connie Mack Club features access to outdoor seating and includes a pre-game buffet filled with our highest-end food package. This area of the ballpark is perfect for 30 to 50 guests to kick back, relax, and enjoy the game. For more information about the Connie Mack Club and other group offers, visit athletics.com groups. Hey kids, have you ever wanted to run the bases like your favorite A's player? Well, here's your chance. Children ages 14 and under can come onto the field following most Sunday home games and race around the bases with A's mascot Stopper there to cheer them on. Make sure to pack your running shoes so you can show off your speed. Race Around the Bases is brought to you by the Oakland A's Community Fund. A's Cast Live continues from Ricky Henderson Field. Here's Chris Townsend. Can I tell you how much fun I'm, I'm having doing this show? We can do whatever we want. To quote two former head coaches in the NFL here in the Bay Area, Jim Harbaugh once said, we're the 49ers, we can do whatever we want. And then Hugh Jackson once said with the Raiders, we're building a bully. Commander Cody, I got to tell you, I'm really enjoying doing this show. I, I am too. Uh, we've, you and I are reunited again, and I think that's what the people wanted. I remember when you first gave <laughs> I me. I don't the, know about that. I remember when you first <laughs> gave me the Commander Cody nickname doing nights, and I was like, this name's going to stick forever, and it did. And then, you know, we put together the shows we have, and the one we had yesterday might be the best one we've done. And, you know, Tay's going to go with. Mancini and, and Sigma Dell. So, you know, I've, I've been enjoying this. And the analytics talk never goes wrong with me. Anytime we sink an analytics in, as Alex Jensen knows, the opener, I'm completely okay with it. Yeah, I, well, I mean, what, what, what Trevor Bauer just said is what the Astros, the Dodgers, the Rays, skill development. You know, the whole, I mean, basically – you know, sabermetrics was take this, times that, divide it by that, blah, 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 blah. You get this number. We're going to give a name to that number, and then we're going to say this really matters if a player does this. This stuff's completely different. I'm actually enjoying this more because this is really getting to something that I wish I had when I was playing in college. Like everything that, everything that we did, and that the same thing at the big league level, nothing was different was the fact that as a pitcher, everything was by feel. And everything was by a pitching coach watching you, standing behind you, watching you. Now these guys are seeing exactly with these high-tech cameras where they're, like if it's a slider, it's a curveball, it's a circle change, it's a split. You're seeing exactly how the ball's coming out of your hand. Rap Soto's going to tell you exactly what that ball is doing when it comes out of your hand and what the spin rates are and the spin efficiency. And it just, 
it's allowing you to figure out a way to make yourself better, and that's when Trevor Bauer says skill development is truly the new wave. How can I take Justin Verlander and make him better? People have said, really, how are you going to do that? The Astros did it. Verlander came over to the Astros and said, what are you guys doing? And the Astros said, okay, Justin, we traded for you because we've studied you and we think we can alter some things with what you're doing and making you better. If you've noticed since Verlander came over from the Detroit Tigers, he throws his slider more than he's ever before. And it's turned him back into, he always had the big curveball. He always had the change up. He had the ability to throw 94, 95, hump it up to 100, which he doesn't have that anymore. He had the slider. Now his slider is unhittable. If you look at the numbers, it's absolutely unhittable. Why? Because with their technology and the way they go about business, they've actually made Justin Verlander one of the top pitchers once again. But they did it through their technology and his buy-in, and they weren't doing that in Detroit. I really like the fact that they brought up MVP Machine. It's a book that's now just out. We just had Travis Shawchick, the co-author on this program. I told you, we're going to be... We, we, we're we a step ahead from the MLB. We had it on A's Cast Live before they were talking about it on the MLB Network. We're going to be ahead of the game here, I guarantee you. Hey, listen, I went to San Jose State. We're not, I'm not, we're never going to be the most analytics smartest guys in the world. We just had a guy on who was an engineer at NASA. These are the head. I'm never getting a job in the front office. I can talk about it, but knowing exactly how it all works, and did you, you got, you didn't get to see the look. But when I asked him about neuroscience in the brain, did you guys see his reaction? Bingo, bingo, bingo. That's the next wave. The next wave of baseball, and by the way, Bob Melvin coming your way in moments. The next wave of baseball is truly figuring out how the human brain works as you're trying to hit a baseball. That's what it's going to be about. Because right now, with all this science, it, it's really, as Trey Mancini told you, yeah, it's really more for the pitchers in a lot of ways. For the hitters, it's going to be, we know you have such a small time to figure out certain things. How fast is it? Where is it coming across the plate? What kind of pitch is it? Should I swing? Should I not swing? Milliseconds you have to be able to make these decisions. So why do some guys make these decisions better than other guys? Because what did they say for years? Oh, he's got great hand-eye coordination. No, it's actually something that you look at inside the brain. Why does a guy make decisions? Why did Tony Gwynn or Wade Boggs make decisions better where they can hit 350, 345, hell, 365, 380, and another guy, he hits 260, but yet may be a better athlete? I mean, how many guys were bigger, stronger, faster than Tony Gwynn and Wade Boggs, but yet they always made contact? They always hit for a high average. Why did they do it? They weren't specimens. Did you ever see Tony Gwynn's body? Now, Tony Gwynn was a great athlete. Let's not forget. 
also played basketball at San Diego State and was drafted by the Clippers. And I think still is the all-time assist leader at San Diego State. He was for a long time unless someone has stepped up. But look at the chicken man. You're not going to look at Wade Boggs as a superior athlete, right? But what was with their brains? You think of all the great hitters. Think like Stan Musial, a guy who had the same amount of hits on the road as he did at home. That's amazing. The great, true great hitters. Why were they able to see, make decisions? That's the next wave. We want to quickly play for you. Travis Sawtek, co-author of MVP Machine, which they were talking about the book on the MLB Network, and a lot about the Houston Astros and all the different technology they have. We argue that they are the vanguard of this. They're the model of player development and getting more out of players. And Verlander is a great example. Garrett Cole is another great example. Ryan Presley in the bullpen, another great example. They're bringing all these pitchers and they show them not just what pitches are more effective and where they should throw them, but they also have all this high-speed slow-motion video that they capture, and they showed Verlander how to adjust the slider grip to throw his most efficient, best-breaking slider. Uh, same thing with Garrett Cole, Charlie Morton. All these guys have the data, the video, the combination of these factors, uh, and it goes throughout their system. With most teams, are just kind of experimenting with high-speed cameras this spring, uh, the Edutronic high-speed camera, which is sort of like TrackMan. It wasn't designed for baseball, but Trevor Bauer famously purchased the first Edutronic camera to help develop his two-seamer five years ago, and the Astros were the first team to really invest in these cameras. And So as most teams invested in their first this offseason, the Astros had 75 of these cameras hard-mounted throughout their minor league system at their major league ballpark, and they were capturing video, this high-res, slow-motion video on Every major, every major league pitch grip, a lot of minor league pitch grips and biomechanical movements, and they were using, the, using this data in part to learn the best pitch grips, to learn the best movements of the pitcher and hitter, uh, to look at bat paths, along with pitch tracking data, track man that you mentioned. And they're using all this information to teach better. Uh, they've hired more like-minded coaches. A few years ago, they essentially fired every traditional-minded pitching coach in the organization, replaced them with younger, often college coaches who are in line with the front office's vision. And what we see is that the Astros, it's not just the major league, major league level. If you look at their system from rookie ball to AAA last year, they led the minors at their affiliates in strikeout rate and spin rate on pitches, uh, launch angle. They were leading in all these desirable characteristics, and they've created this conveyor belt of sorts, this sustainable machine, because they're buying in to – the idea, this growth mindset that your skill level and talent level is not fixed. There are better ideas, better tech, better data to build better baseball players. To build better baseball players. To build your better play, to build your players up and make them better. And then also realize other players that you can make better. As I said, they made Verlander's slider better. He just told you right there. It's one of the things that they did. The slider is the pitch. It's the equalizer now. Being thrown more than ever before. There's less fastballs being thrown. There's studies showing out there. The two-seamer that we've loved for all these years, there's less and less two-seam fast. Because of launch angle, now we're going to a generation that it's four-seam fastball. It's pitch up in the zone. 
That's the way to defeat launch angle. Where do we want to go here, Commander Cody? We want to, okay, so coming up, we're going to hear from Mark Hanna, and we're going to have the Bob Melvin show for you. But all this science and baseball, absolutely fascinating, right here on A's Cast Live. Now is the time to secure your own terrace table with seating for two or four people to eat, drink, and cheer the A's right from these amazing new half-moon tables. With awesome in-seat ordering and exclusive discounts, this might be the best seat in the house. So grab your friends, family, or coworkers and come out early for a great day at the ballpark. To learn more about the terrace and some of the other exciting new ballpark locations, visit athletics.com slash premium today. Want to take home half of the 50-50 pot? This season, you'll have even more opportunities to test out your luck. The Oakland A's Community Fund will host a 50-50 raffle at every home game in 2019. Tickets are sold from gates opening through the last out of the sixth inning, from raffle sellers or at the kiosk at Section 217. The winner will be announced in-game and will receive 50% of the jackpot, with the remainder benefiting the Oakland A's Community Fund. Learn more at athletics.com raffle. Free parking, free drinks, and maybe even your favorite A's players flying into your lap. The Field Box is a great way to entertain clients or enjoy a game with your family and friends. Located next to each dugout, now is your time to get in on the action right from the field. To learn more about the Field Box and other premium seating options, visit athletics.com premium or call us at 510-638-GO-A's. That's 510-638-4627. 510-638-4627. Want to give back to the community along with some of your favorite A's players and front office staff? Through the A's volunteer team, fans can join us in giving back to Oakland and the East Bay. Through your time and energy, fans can earn rewards based on the number of hours spent volunteering. To get started, visit athletics.com community. That's athletics.com community. From sweet plans to single-game suites, there's nothing like premium hospitality and athletics baseball. New for the 2019 season, food and beverages are now included in all suites, plus options to create a three-game suite plan. Plus, select plans also include an A's Access membership, allowing you to attend every regular season home game. To learn more about A's Suites, visit athletics.com suites. That's athletics.com suites. If you love chicken pies and a dynamic menu, then you're going to love the chicken pie shop of Walnut Creek. You have to try their world-famous chicken pie dinner, which has been served in Southern California for 80 years. That's the chicken pie shop right off Main Street in downtown Walnut Creek, located at 1251 Arroyo Way. Parking's easy, perfect for events, daily drink and food specials, and best of all, great food. Check out their menu at chickenpieshopwc.com. That's chickenpieshopwc.com, right off Main Street, Walnut Creek. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. One on and miss, and Mike Fires has thrown his second no-hitter. And 29 other MLB clubs. 2-2 pitch on Trout, and he blasts one. Way back, goal for Yelich. Cody Bellinger hits one out. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From the opener to launch angles to clutch moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend.
The great Eno Saris is over here right by us. Make sure you read him in The Athletic. Nobody better breaking down baseball. I would, I'd pay for The Athletic just for Eno. How about that? And now I don't have to worry about the basketball stuff anymore. I could just worry about the baseball stuff. Eno Saris is good as anybody breaking down this game, and we will have him on again soon. You know, I do have to say this matchup right now, this is really one of the good old-school uniform matchups. When you think of watching the Orioles and you think about the A's, I, mean, I was just, you know, it's like I joke with Fossey all the time. And I, there's, there's A's fans, older A's fans will come up to me and go, ah, oh, there's 70. I'm like, I was born in 72. I just, I, I, but just the A's, iconic, Orioles, iconic. So much respect for the Orioles organization through all those years. I mean, having Jim Palmer, I mean, Jim Palmer, having Jim Palmer on yesterday was so cool. And you think of all the great Orioles, Frank Robinson, Brooks Robinson, Eddie Murray, the Hall of Famers, and their dominance through 60s and 70s. I remember being at Cal Ripken's last game here at the Coliseum. I was doing a morning show at the time over in San Francisco, and it was a day game, different station. Uh, and Commander Cody looking at me. And I was like, it's Cal Ripken's last game. I got to show up. So I got, I got, I didn't do the press pass. I did the actual tickets because I had to sit. You know, I mean, this is Cal Ripken Jr., for God's sakes. And um, I remember they brought out Cal, a bunch of wine from Napa. It was really, really cool. Scott Emerson. Yeah, I'm working on it. Scott Emerson has me on a new on a new mission. And the new mission is stop talking about the balls and start checking the bats. He thinks the bats are juiced. It's just not the balls, but the bats are juiced. Scott Emerson has that belief and he wants me to investigate it cuz that is on his deal. That's what he believes. So, I am going to start that's our that's our next mission is to start did you see what Emo just did? Commander Cody wasn't even watching. Scott Emerson. We've got Mark coming right here. Yeah. Mark Canna is going to join us here as we are live here, A's cast live from the field. This is one of the great things about it, having this access, is having somebody have BP walk over to a little infield where you don't What's see up? this in every park. What's up, Mark? How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Just another day at the yard. Another day at the office. Another beautiful day, as we have a beautiful day here at the Coliseum. Yeah, until six o'clock. But yeah, <laughs> it starts getting freezing cold, and I put on a mask. When did you come up with the idea to go with to go with the burglar mask? Um, I think it must have been May or June of last year when uh, I noticed it was particularly breezy during batting practice, and. Uh, Saw it was going to be about 53 degrees and with some wind chill. And uh, I'm not a big fan of being cold while I'm playing. So I just I said, I'm wearing a mask tonight. I don't care what anybody thinks. I think <laughs> I it's brilliant. It. 
Because I, I, there'll be times I'm sitting up the press box and you close it because it's the wind. Yeah. People don't really realize, depending where you are, how it just swirls inside the bowl now ever since Mount Davis. Why the hell yeah. would you want to sit out there all game long and freeze? It's pretty miserable. And uh, at this point, it's for me, it's like half being warm and comfortable while I'm playing and half to annoy the people that don't like it even more. It's like uh, get joy out of that, believe it or not. So, like, the people that criticize me on Twitter and are like, oh, why is he wearing a mask when it's 55 degrees? Gotcha right where I want you. You know one of the great things about you? You're like an undercover kind of guy that uh, has no problem making people angry. Oh, no. I mean, well, I, I it's not my goal, I would say. I, I would rather make people happy, but uh, I don't I don't mind uh, – you know, just being myself, we'll say that much. An undercover rebel is what yeah, you are. Yeah, maybe a little bit. You know, the bat flips. How about, you know, I had to ask you, we haven't talked to you about it yet, but in Texas when they were getting mad at the, and that really wasn't, I mean, for bat flips at a scale of 1 to 10, that's a 1. Were you yeah. surprised that Samson or anybody was like, hey, what are you doing? Yeah, I, yeah, I was. Um, that, by the way, got no media coverage at all, hardly ever, maybe like, or, you know, our own beat writers covered, talked about it a little bit. Susan covered it. Um, Susan Slusser, that is. Uh, but then the very next day was the Bumgarner, uh, Max Muncie thing, and that was all over the TV. You couldn't get it, and the same thing happened literally the night before in our game. So, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I mean, that was nothing for me. I, I told Susan, I said, you know, Wait till he sees my next homer off of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, next one has got to be like a Joey Bats. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you haven't seen nothing yet. I, it, does it surprise you? Because we say all the time, let the kids play. Let's have fun. Does it surprise you? There's still – most guys don't have a problem with it, but there are yeah. still some guys. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just a product of, like, when you came into the game and your own – I think we're all a product of our environment and, and you know, just – when you grew up playing baseball, what were the people around you saying about that type of stuff? And, uh, you know, I was always a punk kid messing around, playing wiffle ball, and we're showing each other up and wiffle ball. And, and it's, you know, it's just it's just my being, me being myself and me. And that's, you know, getting enjoyment out of the game. And, you know, I don't, I don't see what's wrong with when you hit a home run saying, you know, look at me a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's a fine line, obviously. I think I don't, and I don't think I've ever crossed it. But um, yeah, I mean, I think you gotta, you gotta just be comfortable in your own skin. And I don't think Muncie did either. Yeah, Muncie didn't. Uh, you know, that's what that's what he does. He kind of, he just puts some swag on it, and that's his style. And he, he hit it, and I think he just like kind of put his head down and walked a couple steps, and you know, people are people are gonna get offended, but. You know, like, I kind of like what Bumgarner said, too. It's just like, well, I'm going to get mad. He's going to do his thing. Let's just move on our separate ways and, and move forward. So, I mean, you know, I think it's good for baseball. No doubt. And, and remember back to the A's of the late 80s and early 90s when, I mean, Canseco or Ricky or, 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 or <laughs> yeah, McGuire. Ricky, Ricky is popping the collar. Right? Yeah, he's yeah, popping. I, I mean, Canseco would sit there. I mean, he wouldn't even move. He'd watch it go out and then start going. <laughs> so this is kind of a tradition here yeah. with the A's. Yeah, you got to have fun with it, man. You got to – it's a game at the end of the day. We're, we're out here. I think we lose sight of 
you know, why we play is to have fun sometimes. So for me, that's what it's all about. It's just let me do my thing and I'll let you do your thing. Where we are with this ball club is very similar record-wise to where the ball club was last year. And then all of a sudden, you know, this team took off, won 97 games. Are you starting to get the feeling like that about this team where you are right now? Yeah, I think we're – I think we know we're good, and I think we know that we're capable of, of doing that at any time. I think it's just a matter of uh, locking it down, and I think it's going to happen. It's – you know, I think we're going to hit our stride any minute. I just don't think, you know, don't, I don't want to put too much pressure on it. Like we, you know, it's tough when you have like a deadline for when you have to win. You know, it's, it, we call it the trade deadline, but it's like, oh, you have to, we have to do well before the trade deadline. So, you know, I think we want to, um, I don't think we want to put too much pressure on it. Like we got to do it now because we, we all know that date's coming up. I think we just got to kind of let it happen and, and we'll hit our stride organically. But it certainly feels like we're doing good things out here. Yeah, I can't wait to see how this is going to play out as we have no way we have no waiver wire yeah. process anymore. We we have a hard mm -hmm. deadline. If you're going to fix your ball club or you're going to sell, you got to do it by the deadline. And there's been rumors that it could start earlier than in the past so you could get a player. So and it, it usually has been around here, especially since you've been here. You guys really dictate what the front office is going to do with the moves. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, mean, I think it's just uh, it's hard to argue with that statement. Um, I, I mean, I think we're a good team. I think the front office knows they have a good team on their hands here. And, and at the end of the day, you just have to decide, you know, what to do with it. And, uh, you know, we're making it a tough decision, I think. I think it'd be, it'd be nice to string some together. I, I like where we're what we're doing right now so i think we're kind of uh in the right where we want to be for for right now i'd say i marvel at what you and chad pender do because you're not getting oh, at bats on a regular basis and to then come in and have those at bats that you guys have and to be productive the way you are that's not easy to do how do you do it <laughs> uh i don't know i try to stay i try to just do my process every day and and kind of um stay locked in with with where i'm swinging the bat whether i'm playing or not playing and try to try to be smart about the way i'm working and i think that um probably only recently i've been really uh kind of good at like taking game reps thinking about approaches on on days when i'm not playing is is still taking kind of like mental reps i call it and uh just kind of visualizing like okay if this were me right now what I what would I be doing in there what would be my approach off this guy what kind what am I visualizing where am I what am I trying to do with the ball am I trying to drive it to right center left center whatever um, that way when you get in the game it feels a little bit less like you're walking on the moon like it kind of has in the past when uh, you know early in my career I had never experienced playing quote-unquote part-time so um, I guess you, it, there's certainly a learning curve with how to deal with that. It's called the mental side of baseball that a lot of fans don't think about. And, yeah. I, and I love when you talk about the visualization and putting yourself in that moment so when mm -hmm. that moment comes, the brain knows what to yeah. do because we all know every one of the guys in, 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 in this clubhouse and in their clubhouse, both dugouts, everybody's great 
everybody's super talented, but the game truly is in between the ears. Yeah, I mean, and there's a difference between just watching the game from the dugout and, and really being locked in and trying to imagine yourself at the plate right now and what that 96 looks like. Because it looks different even when you're just sitting in the dugout watching from a side angle than when you're actually in there. You're like, okay, I remember that feeling of that ball getting on me and what I have to do to, to get to it. So um, it's and it's just gearing all my work to, to being successful in, in those moments. So. We've always said one of the things we, we, we love about you at the plate is you go up there to do damage. Mm -hmm. And I think about the higher velocity. When did you really start to notice, and I asked uh, Marcus Simeon, who you've known for a very long time, I asked him this same question. When did you really start to notice, man, everybody's coming and throwing 97, 98? <laughs> um, yeah, probably 17, 2017, 18, I'd say. Uh, definitely 17 I started noticing it and uh, it became it it became like you know time to make an adjustment in how I approach baseball and how I approach the game just because of it's different it's different when you have to catch up to 97 on 95 to 97 on a regular basis so um, and you, you mentioned trying to do damage and I think it, it's counterintuitive because it doesn't mean I'm just going up there swinging as hard as I can it's how do I do damage against this velocity which oftentimes often means for me is to try to make my swing shorter and more efficient rather than trying to create bat speed I think creating bat speed is a bad thought process for me because it makes me long and then I miss the ball <laughs> so it's uh once I I think I've improved contact rate and I've improved uh, strike zone discipline too is the other thing that's huge once guys start throwing these exploding sliders and you know pitches and spin rate guys that can just <laughs> really spin the ball um, you really got to I think narrow everything down a little bit and be a little more selective and once I did that contact goes up and for me whenever contact goes up power goes up with it you know it's kind of like positive correlation there so it's for me it's just like get good pitches to hit stay short and that's kind of a lot of it, more more so than you, you give credit to, I think, sometimes. Some guys are C-ball, hit-ball. Yeah. Some guys want the numbers, and they want the analytics, and they want the data. Yeah. Where are you? Um, I, don't, I don't think the numbers help me. I'm, I'm more of a, a – I, I watch video, and I, like, analyze the game myself. But for me, it's much more of a feel thing. Like, uh, And I don't mean that with my swing. I just mean, like – kind of feeling out the pitcher. How does he pitch? What does he like to do? What's his kind of like personality like when he's on the mound? Is he like aggressive? Is he cocky with his fastball? What, how, you know, how does he approach different hitters, different counts? You know, kind of just getting a feel for the, the rhythm of the game and how the game's going in. And not so much like spin rate and all that. I mean, I think if I had those numbers, I would. <laughs> wouldn't know what to do with it. <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, Don't change anything. We, we love exactly oh, you. how you play. <laughs> keep bat flipping Thanks, and keep doing it, and uh, hopefully get Thanks. on a run here, and uh, we'll be talking about the playoffs coming up, and we'll talk to you again soon. We always appreciate the time. All right. Thanks for having me on, guys. Coming up next, we got the Bob Melvin Show right here on A's Cast Live. Looking to take A's Cast on the road with you on your next jog or road trip? Head over to athletics.com slash podcasts and you can download episodes of Taking Effect, Green and Gold History, A Season on the Road, and more. Visit athletics.com slash podcasts today. 
Looking for the latest on the A's minor leagues? One of the latest additions to A's cast is The Farm. A look around the minor leagues with interviews, updates, and profiles on the future A's tearing up the minors. Want to take home half of the 50-50 pot? This season, you'll have even more opportunities to test out your luck. The Oakland A's Community Fund will host a 50-50 raffle at every home game in 2019. Tickets are sold from gates opening through the last out of the sixth inning, from raffle sellers, or at the kiosk at Section 217. The winner will be announced in-game and will receive 50% of the jackpot, with the remainder benefiting the Oakland A's Community Fund. Learn more at athletics.com raffle. Chris Townsend for nestbedding.com. If you've been mattress shopping, you know the cost of a memory foam mattress is insane. And what do you know about the company that makes the mattress and the other one that sold it to you? Check out my friends at nestbedding.com, a local company that actually makes the mattress they sell right here in the USA, which means you get a high-quality memory foam mattress at half the cost, and shipping is always free. I love this company, local business, made in the USA, free shipping. Did I mention their lifetime guarantee? Mattress and bedding needs. Go to Nest betting.com want to add to your collection of a's memorabilia but can't make it to the coliseum during every weekend home series the oakland a's community fund will hold a digital silent auction through the mlb ballpark app you can bid on rare memorabilia items including baseballs jerseys bats game used equipment and autographed items proceeds from the silent auction benefit the oakland a's community fund and its initiatives in the community Download the app at athletics.com slash ballpark app. If you're a baseball fan and a parent, you've probably had to explain to your kid that a 2-2 count isn't something a ballerina wears. As a parent or even a sibling, you may have also had to explain that a makeup game doesn't involve lipstick or mascara. But as a parent and an A's fan, we do hope you know about our new A's stomping ground. This awesome space is open and waiting for you. From awesome new games for kids to interactive activities, the A's stomping ground is right for you and your family. So the next time the kids want to know what a sandwich pick is or who got that 2-2 pitch, you will know it's time to go to a ball game and visit the A's Stomping Ground, a free area in right field for kids and families. Visit athletics.com slash stomping ground to learn today. That's athletics.com slash stomping ground. A's Cast Live continues from Ricky Henderson Field. Here's Chris Townsend. Each week you're going to hear the Bob Melvin Show on A's Cast Live, and then we'll run it on A's Cast. It's presented by NestBetting.com. Here is the Bob Melvin Show. It's time for the Bob Melvin Show here on A's Cast, presented by Nest Betting, Love Where You Sleep. And it continues to be an interesting year as, as, as your ball club continues to hover around 500. But we know this is the time, Bob, where you usually get on track in June. Do you feel like that's going to come around here for this club? I think everybody feels like it's going to happen. We just, like we've said often on this show, we just our timing hasn't been great. You know, you get a well-pitched game and uh, we don't score any runs. You get score some runs, you don't get a well-pitched game. You have a lead going in the late, and, and we, we end up blowing some games. So it hasn't been perfect this year, but I think everybody realizes at some point in time we're going to get all this together and we're going to start playing better and get on a little bit of a roll, which typically uh, we do at some point in time in the second half. 
Is it like deja vu? Because you were basically at the exact same point last year that you are now. Yeah, I don't, you know, each year is different. I don't really take much stock in where we were the year before. I do, what resonates with me always is in 2012, we got to the 500 mark on the last day of the first half. We went and we took the break. We were at 500. We climbed all the way back. I think we were 9 or 11 below at one point in time. We won the division. So that's the one that, that always resonates with me. Um, but we have to go out and do it. And, and we do have some guys here that have some conviction in what we're doing. We just, to this point, uh, haven't played as well consistently as we expect to. I think of two teams that have played. One was here. One was over at Oracle. They are teams that didn't win a championship, but for some reason they are so beloved. It almost feel like they did. The We Believe Warriors that upset the Dallas Mavericks, a one versus an eight, and Baron Davis and those guys, and they made the big trade uh, to bring in, in guys that just turned it around. And I think of 2012. I mean, it was an absolute magical year, even though it didn't get out of the first round. But still, when you bring it up, it always like it's some of the great memories. No doubt. I mean, I, I'm that last weekend was was incredible. I mean, it was almost like a dream that, you know, we have to sweep them to, to win the division. The only time we were in first place in the division when the season was over. So it was a magical season. But when you have that resource back there and and you think back at where you are in the first half and how you played at times, it's it's hard not to think back and, and have high expectations for the second half. Marcus Simeon, I mean, the story just keeps getting better. The 14-game hitting streak, hitting 390, it's a career-high hitting streak for him. I just talk about what he's doing for you, especially at the leadoff spot. Well, he's doing everything, and, you know, he's on base, what is it, 360 or 370 at this point right now. Um, you know, there was a time when we only let off against left-handed pitch and we hit him down in the order against righties. He's taking his walks. He's learning the strike zone each and every year better. He's hitting the ball the other way. I mean, he just, just gets better every year. If you ever have a kid that you want to watch uh, a big league player uh, go about his business, and, and even guys in our minor league system and so forth, you watch Marcus Simeon because he's he's hell-bent on, on getting better and, and making sure each and every game and each and every year he's a better baseball player. We recently had him on A's Cast Live, and I said, okay, what's the relationship like between you and Bob to where he's allowing you to play every day? Because no one wants their guys to play every single day. The old Cal Ripken Jr., I think about the great streak Miguel Tejada had. What is that relationship like between the two of you where he's not getting any rest? Well, I'd like to hear what he had to say about that, <laughs> but you know what? He doesn't want any rest, and... And whenever I, I, I come up, approach him, and see how he's feeling and so forth, he had, wants nothing to do with the conversation. So uh, you watch how he works in the gym every day. Um, he takes good care of himself. He gets to sleep. He eats right. He's a family man. He's, he's ready to play every day, and he thinks that if there's a baseball game on a particular day, it's his job to go out and play. There's something said about character and character in the room. And I think of Logan Davidson, the kid who was just drafted the number one pick out of Clemson, who graduated in three years. And as I was doing the show from the end of the dugout, I looked out there and I saw him taking ground balls with Marcus Simeon. I saw Marcus talking to him. And then Matt Chapman was talking to him. What a great thing that is for a young player. to If you're going to talk to two guys about how to play infield and how to get your career started, what resources did you see that out there and what'd you think yeah i did and you knew that was going to happen and, and actually when i you know i hit ball uh, ground balls to chapman every day and and you know davidson came over and took some ground balls with him so i got to hit him some ground balls too and 
and and Matt is so regimented in in his program before the game that I was actually kind of surprised that he allowed him to come in and take some ground balls with him. But these guys realized, uh, you know, how big a day that is for him and and you know want to make him feel comfortable and want to make him feel like he belongs and you know get his career started and move his way up and hopefully to the big leagues pretty soon but I'll tell you this Marcus Simeon never wants to get Wally pipped and, and that's one of the reasons he wants to play every day is because he doesn't want anybody taking his job and and you can understand that you know that, that you, you take a little bit of a break you need an off day here and someone comes in and has a good game <laughs> he's not going to allow that to happen and that's one of the reasons he keeps himself in, in such great shape is so uh, he can take the post every day it's the bob melvin show here on a's cast brought to you by nest betting love where you sleep go to nestbetting.com that's nestbetting.com all right so i didn't realize how tall the kid was and so where i do my show at the end of the dugout I didn't realize how big he was until you went up and shook hands with him, and you're, what, about 6'5"? And I was like, wow, he's almost as tall as Bob Melvin. For a shortstop to be 6'3"-ish, that's a big shortstop. Were you surprised about the the shoulders and and how big he was? No, I knew. I mean, we knew he was a big kid, and he's got some power, and he moves side to side really well. He's probably going to get a little bit bigger as he goes along, too, but... Uh, they they expect him and anticipate him to be a shortstop because uh, how well he moves around and they're very few of those guys so um, you, you watch him swing the bat and he's got some power from both sides look like he was able to hit the ball the other way has a good understanding and you know talking to our scouts that that actually signed him they said this kid's going to be legit and he's going to play shortstop so um, you know I know he's he's on his way uh, today to, to to start his big league or to start his professional career and. You know, yesterday was a huge day for him being with the guys and knowing he's embarking on a career and, you know, everybody's focus is getting to the big leagues. I know he wants to get there as quickly as possible. I always compare shortstops like all the years I did the NFL draft. It was about tight ends, and Bill Parcells would always say, you draft a tight end because the body size, because you can take that guy and you can make him a tackle, you can make him a defensive end, maybe a linebacker, he stays a tight end. Shortstop for me is like that too in baseball. You can draft a shortstop. Think about Chad Pender. He can play third, he can play left, he can play center, he can play right. There's something about that shortstop body that makes them so versatile. Have you seen that in your career? I have, and I've seen a lot of guys that haven't stayed at the position, too. You know, you, when you're younger and you're, you you got the ability to get a little bit bigger and so forth, a lot of guys end up moving around and, and going to different positions. It, it takes a, a serious skill set and, and a kid that, you know, can move around well even at his height to, to remain at that position. But, you know, all our guys are saying he is a true shortstop, and, you know, we're excited about watching him start and, and you know, following every day and see how he's doing. and see how he moves up in the years to come and you know when we get him in spring training so um you know for a big kid but uh you know he comps are you know uh, similar to big guys his his style and cal ripkin i played with cal he kind of comes to mind so there are certain guys that can do that at that height that's not a bad comparison no, I probably went. I probably could have taken it easy on him there. Uh, Maybe Seeger would have been a little easier. Yeah, I think anybody would have, might have been easier than Cal Ripken and Alex Rodriguez. So, um, no, he, he's he's got quite the upside, and I think our, our people felt like they were really lucky to get him at the position that we got that we took our first round pick. So you mentioned hitting balls to Matt Chapman. Now we've talked in the past about how you like to throw BP, and so you know how your hitters are going. 
it's like a competition every day between you and Matt Chapman. And watching it, it's hilarious because when he gets you, he's yelling and having a great time. The other day, you flipped the fungo bat in the air. Talk about this competition, you against Matt Chapman hitting ground balls every day. Well, it's, it's you know, it looks like a competition, but it's really no competition. And, and yesterday, I think he was showing off for the kid a little bit. The, the last ball that I hit him every day is, is the one that we kind of go after a little bit. He literally goes out to shortstop. And I hit a ball as close to the third base bag as I possibly can, and I hit it with some velo on it. He ends up getting it at times. He still surprises me how far he goes to get it and then makes the throw across his body to first base. And yesterday might have been the ultimate. And I think uh, with the kid there, he wanted to show off a little bit, and he certainly did yesterday. So he made sure he came around the, the cage. I was talking to Jim Palmer. I was kind of bragging about Chappie to Jim Palmer, and he came and looked at me. He goes, how come you can't give me a little love for that? That play I just made right there, and, and Jim Palmer goes, oh, he is right now. He's been bragging about you. So, you know what? When you talk about practicing the way you play, uh, Matt Chapman and Marcus Simeon do that very well. You know, Mike Fires at one point was really struggling for you, and he said, this is not me, and I'm going to turn it around. And he throws a no-hitter, 5-0 and in his last eight starts. This veteran has really stepped up for you after the early struggles. What has he meant as a veteran and a leader for your pitching staff? Well, he really has. You know, after getting off to a slow start, the, the consistency he's given right now, and it's tough to take him out of game, especially since we've had some trouble with the bullpen at times. You know, yesterday's pitch counts, good. I, for There was no reason for me, you know, going into the seventh to even think about taking him out. And, and I was thinking more about the eighth inning than anything else. But... You know, he ends up giving up a walk. He ends up giving up a base hit. And we really felt like the contrast between Hendricks and him, uh, you know, would be key on, on Davis right there. But, yeah, man, he's making it really difficult for, for me to take him out of games in a day that the bullpen rules, you know, certain starters want to be out there for a while. And that's been the case with him. And uh, he's been fantastic. And, and really on days like that, gives the bullpen a rest we're only using two guys yesterday yeah we know the bullpen numbers are far different from last year it's just a reality and we'll end on this as you know 16 losses by the bullpen this year only 17 last year but one guy in particular has really earned his way and that's liam Hendricks. it's Tell, tell us what you've seen and why he's earned this opportunity to pitch later in games in high leverage situations. All you have to do is look at the numbers. It's a one-something ERA. It's way fewer hits than innings pitched. It's strikeouts. It's 97-mile-an-hour fastball that at times it's just screaming out of his hand, and he can tell a hitter his fastball is coming. They're going to have a tough time, uh, you know, catching up to it. So, you know, he's, he's done a lot of hard work between last year when he got sent down and where he is right now and incrementally worked his way up. You know, Lou Trevino is going to be back in that role at some point in time. We need Lou in that role. Um, and sometimes you have to let them let them fail a little bit to, to realize kind of where they are. But, uh, you know, Liam's been just the opposite. He's been the guy that, that's crept up from, you know, maybe a two-inning guy or a guy that we were pitching in down games. And now, you know, at this point in time, he's the eighth-inning guy and he deserves to be. Good luck the rest of the week. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Appreciate it. That's the Bob Melvin Show right here on AceCast, brought to you by NestBetting.com. That's NestBetting.com. Love where you sleep. Coming up next here on AceCast Live, buying or selling as we get you ready for the A's and the Orioles coming up here at 707 from the Coliseum. Want to give back to the community along with some of your favorite A's players and front office staff? Through the A's volunteer team, fans can join us in giving back to Oakland and the East Bay. Through your time and energy, fans can earn rewards based on the number of hours spent volunteering. 
To get started, visit athletics.com slash community. That's athletics.com slash community. From sweet plans to single game suites, there's nothing like premium hospitality and athletics baseball. New for the 2019 season, food and beverages are now included in all suites plus options to create a three-game suite plan. Plus, select plans also include an A's Access membership, allowing you to attend every regular season home game. To learn more about A's Suites, visit athletics.com suites. That's athletics.com suites. Now is the time to secure your own terrace table with seating for two or four people to eat, drink, and cheer the A's right from these amazing new half-moon tables. With awesome in-seat ordering and exclusive discounts, this might be the best seat in the house. So grab your friends, family, or coworkers and come out early for a great day at the ballpark. To learn more about the terrace and some of the other exciting new ballpark locations, visit athletics.com premium today. Free parking, free drinks, and maybe even your favorite A's players flying into your lap. The Field Box is a great way to entertain clients or enjoy a game with your family and friends. Located next to each dugout, now is your time to get in on the action right from the field. To learn more about the Field Box and other premium seating options, visit athletics.com premium or call us at 510-638-GO-A's. That's 510-638-4627. 510-638-4627. Want to take home half of the 50-50 pot? This season, you'll have even more opportunities to test out your luck. The Oakland A's Community Fund will host a 50-50 raffle at every home game in 2019. Tickets are sold from gates opening through the last out of the sixth inning, from raffle sellers, or at the kiosk at Section 217. The winner will be announced in-game and will receive 50% of the jackpot, with the remainder benefiting the Oakland A's Community Fund. Learn more at athletics.com raffle. Playing in Hero Town? It's only fitting to get your group together to reserve the Budweiser Hero Day. Located next to the right field foul pole, this awesome new space can hold around 100 people and a bunch of home run balls. With an all-inclusive buffet, now is the time to be the hero of your friends and colleagues by grabbing tickets and a cold one for a great day at the ballpark. For more information about the Budweiser Hero Day, visit athletics.com premium today. Now back to A's Cast Live, broadcasting from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. Yeah, I think Mark Canna said it best. You go, that's oh, a beautiful day, and then all of a sudden, six o'clock hits. <laughs> but it's warming up. It's summertime, Commander Cody. I, I, I Canna's right. It's bat flipping season. The weather's perfect, and we're about to hit July, so. It's going to start getting hotter. As, I mean, you were gone in San Jose when you are on the trip from Tampa and Texas, but it was really hot in San Jose. So, Oh, my wife said at my house it was 104 one day, 100 another day. Yeah, it was really bad. Good thing uh, we weren't doing the show from the remote location that we I have so that, undisclosed. That, that will be taken care of. I have found the right air conditioner at Home Depot. Those are unfavorable working conditions. It's Wow. Whoa, 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 whoa. We put, we, we put Alex Jensen on the show for one day, and he's already Quick trigger, trigger there. <laughs> Fine. Okay, okay. We'll, we'll get to it. We'll, buying or selling. If you want to go, Alex, let's go. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. You're running the show. You're running the show. It's time for buying or selling. Sell, sell. Right now with Chris Townsend on A's Cast Live. 
Guy makes it to the tournament as a broadcaster with St. Mary's and thinks he can tell everybody what to do. Yeah, I don't, I don't get what's going on. We put him, we put him in charge one day, and then here it is. He's just, he thinks he runs everything. Talk about a power play. I mean, did you even go to Omaha, bro? Uh, uh, so you're not talking to the mic, so it's not worried. All right, what do you, what do you got? What let's do you start got? off with buying or selling. All right, number one, buying or selling. The New York Yankees, now that they got Edwin Encarnacion from the Mariners, who, as we broke down yesterday, have $0 invested in their payroll in 2022, and getting Aaron Judge back, or Giancarlo Stanton back tonight, should be the favorites to win the AL East, buying or selling? Selling. You taking the race? Selling. All right, okay. Buying or selling? Have, have, have you heard about the team we've been talking about all day long today? Uh, the Orioles? I mean, they're, they're a couple years away from competing. The, the, the Orioles, I will predict. What are we in, 2019? Yeah. We are watching the 20. We're watching the 2025 World Series champions today. Well, I mean, it took the Astros. Uh, they they lost 100 games like four years in a row, and they have a bunch of Astros guys running the team. So, well, what did Sports Illustrated have for the Astros 2017? 2017, yeah, they they had the cover. I think it was in 2014 they had that that cover. Okay, maybe I'll go to the 2026 World Series champion Orioles. All right, heard it here first. Chris Towns is predicting the Baltimore Orioles. Who are they going to beat? Please don't say the Pirates. I, I don't know if I can handle that. Although that was a, the rivalry of the 70s. Oh uh, well, that's '79. It's last time the Pirates won 40 years ago. I, I still, I still have the, uh, I still have the Houston Astros as the favorite in the American League. Oh, by the way, um, they're winning without Springer, Altuve, and Correa. Yeah, well, actually, I think, I think AJ Hinch said earlier on MLB Network Radio that Altuve is going to come back tomorrow, so they're uh, getting one of the guys back. Those guys have all been gone for a long time. Yeah, they're and they're still pretty good. Yeah, they got guys like Miles Straw and these guys coming up that no one knows, no, no one. If less like people like us who pay attention know who they are. All right. Buying or selling number two. Zach Granke the other day says he does not care about a no-hitter. He had a no-hitter going against the Nationals and he lost it. Granke assumes he'll never throw a no-hitter. After the game, when he asked what he said it'd probably be more of a hassle than anything. He said, referring to uh, added attention would bring just like the Sports Illustrated article, a bunch of nonsense comes with it. I don't think about no-hitters ever. Buying or selling, Zach Granke, who's never thrown a no-hitter, never care, never thinks about throwing a no-hitter. Normally, I'd be selling this. It's like the quarterback who says he never, yeah, it doesn't matter if I ever win a Super Bowl. That's Dan Marino. Right? I actually am buying this. I think this guy does. I think that just his mentality, what, what you've known from him over the year, I really think Zach Greinke could care less if he ever throws a no-hitter. I Just his mentality. He is a different bird. Who wouldn't want to throw a no-hitter? Well, he's the kind of guy I'd have to – he'd rather not throw a no-hitter than have to talk to the media more. Look at Mike Fires. Mike Fires threw a no-hitter. No one was here because of what happened with the light stand. And then the next day, everybody in the world wanted Mike Fires. That is not what Zach Greinke wants to do. No. And if Zach Greinke threw it, it'd be a more high-profile deal. I remember Joey told us, told me before, that Greinke does not like the attention. He's a really socially awkward guy. He had the the uh, anxiety problem before when he's with the Royals. So I can I actually buy buy it that he doesn't really care about it because he doesn't like the uh, attention that it would add. All right. Buyer song number three. Hyunjin Ryu is the left-handed version of Greg Maddox. Ryu right now has an area of 126 on the season. He allowed his first two unearned runs of the year the other night on Sunday Night Baseball against the Cubs. Currently, in 2019, he's throwing his fastball 30% of the time, his cutter 21% of the time, his sinker 12%, and his slider 0.2% of the time. If you go back to 2013, he threw his fastball over 50% of the time. 
buying or selling, Ryu is the left-handed version of Greg Maddox. He's the left-handed Asian version of Greg yeah. Maddox. Yes, I. I am. I am. Uh, I'm buying that. If you watch him pitch, it is such soft contact, and he can throw anything in any count, anytime he wants. Who does that remind you of? Greg Maddox. His strikeout to walk ratio is 17 to one. 85 Ks to five walks. The record, the National League record, is 11 to one held by Brett Saberhagen. The record's 11, he's 17 to one. He can throw any pitch at any time. The thing that I wonder about him is that they do not want their starters logging a lot of innings. So, so how many innings is he actually going to get? But the comparison to Greg, now it's obviously Greg Maddox is one of the greatest pitchers of all time. What, 355 victories, something yeah. like that, four Cy Young Award. I mean, so it's a, but just the way his stuff is playing right now, he's pitching like he's a left-handed Greg Maddox. And, and, and numbers, as you said, as you show. I went back and looked at Maddox's best season. His best era is 156. We're using 126 right now. So I mean, he's already—he hasn't he's, given up more than two runs in a game this year. Yeah, and the other, and the other night, like I That's said, crazy. two hundred runs the other night, and the guy's pitching well for a Dodgers team that doesn't let their starters go deep in the games. He had a one ninety-seven ERA before he got hurt last year. We're talking about an era where record home runs—they're going to hit over a thousand more home runs this year than they did last year, and he hasn't given up more than two runs in a game. Well, he's only given up this is off the top of my head, fifteen runs. And only 13 have been earned, so he's given up 200 runs. That's it this year, something like uh, that. I mean, that wow, that's really good. 15 and 13, yeah, 15 uh, runs. Because I, 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 runs. I don't know what day I heard. It was trust me, I'm not, I'm not trying to. I just heard that it was like 15 and 13. It was yeah. in, when I heard, I went, that can't be real, and it is real. Well, the 17 to one is even more is even more impressive. The 17 to one K to walk ratio. So yeah, we're so used to now. You'd expect it's like Randy Johnson up there blowing everybody away. Now this guy, he is pitching. He's even throwing a curveball. I mean, he's he's got like five pitches. All right, buying or selling number four. Talking. This is going to tie in with Greg Maddox, the Atlanta Braves and the Houston Astros. Now, if the A's don't make it would be the most exciting World Series matchup. The Braves right now are 43 and 30 entering today, so their game already started. They've won nine of their last 10, and since they moved Ronald Acuna Jr. to the leadoff spot, they're 25 and 10, and I believe you told me that Dallas Keuchel will be back on Friday. Keuchel's going on Friday. Buying or selling the Astros and Braves will be the most exciting World Series matchup. I still think it's sexy you're throwing LA in there. I just, I understand these young players are are really special, and they. Th if everything goes right, you're going to start looking at them as the favorites going forward in the East for a long, long time. But I, I think I really could do. I think I really could do one more Dodgers Astros. That World Series is incredible in 2017. Yeah, I Game mean. Game seven. I, I mean, it, it's the it's the star power. It's the firepower. It's the fact how both teams so analytically driven, so similar. And I mean, let's face it, you still have Clayton Kershaw. You throw in Bueller, Ryu, and you're talking about Bellinger. I mean, you just go down the line with the Dodgers, then you mix in the Astros. 
The Braves soon, but I'm still going Astros-Dodgers. So we brought up Cody Bellinger because we're running out of time, and I saw this stat online earlier. Why? Well, I thought we could just keep on going. Cody Bellinger has an OPS of 1.179 on the season versus lefties. He's a left-handed hitter. Yes. That is the fourth highest ever behind three of Barry Bonds' records and Larry Walker. He made adjustments. He's standing right on top of the plate. He's shortening his swing. He's making contact. He's daring you to throw it inside. I mean, he has completely changed. He's a different player, and it's all the work that he did in the offseason. What time are we out here? Uh, we got about 20 seconds. All right, well, you're going to hear A's total access coming up here at 6.05. Alex Jensen with A's all night is going to take you all the way up to that. It's game two of a three-game set between the Athletics and the Orioles. You're going to hear from Scott Boris again. So if you missed Scott Boris yesterday, you're going to hear him. It was fantastic. Coming up next, A's All Night with Alex Jensen. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.